Ray, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, have a conversation about the uh, Achilles Threshermen's Association and uh, and the Chilliwack Pioneer Village. Um, let's start with yourself. How, how did you get involved with the association and with, with this place? Well, 12 years ago, I had to drop off a, a heritage plow that a guy used to go plowing. He would take it all apart and he would haul it all the way to Australia for the Canadian, or for the real plowing match. So I had some special significance for history. And when I delivered it here, I was like, I, I like this place. I like what it, what it stands for. I like what, I just like the overall theme of it. And so I joined the club. And then about eight years ago, I joined, or I got on the board. And then about six years ago, I became the president of the club. And it's been, well, it's been, quite interesting and sometimes a lot of fun. What's the, what's the history of the, of the, the collections of the machines and, and, and materials here? How, how did it come about? Who were, some of the, who were some of the figures early on? What it originally started out was in Gordon Pizine's garage and they, he would, uh, they would go out and they would do thrashing bees where they would set up a thrashing machine with the old tractor and they'd thrash some grain. So they'd take the sheaves and then run it through the thrashing machine, separating the kernels of grain from the stalks. And so what they did was uh, they had an opportunity to get a parcel of land that was donated to BC as a farm, a farm used uh, area. So they put in their application and they got it. So then they started their building and they had about 200 or about 230 members or something back then so they were building buildings and setting everything up and things have changed quite a lot over the years but it's it's kind of like streamlining it was it a was it a group of a couple people who acquired the materials how did they how did how did the uh, the stores get set up some of the historical sites and these sorts of things on, on some the of property? the uh, whenever they see something free they would just grab it and bring it in. And over the years, some things have went away that just weren't related to the farming or to steam, because we're steam and farming. Mm -hmm. And so we had to dispense with some things. It was a a big group effort. Uh, They had, I think, the university did some of the buildings and stuff. Technical part of the university would do they built a couple of the buildings. I think they built the church and one other building, and it was just a learning experience for them. So they they put it together, and then some buildings were built by members and are owned by members, and may, and some of them have been sold to other members over the years. And so there's I think about twelve buildings that are out there that are owned by members. Mm-hmm. And, and how does that how does that work out that there are um, sort of privately owned buildings on, on they have the to site. be open for the small engine show and the Chilliwack Fair and if they can be open more than that it would be, it'd be great it's, it's a unique thing because just that it was something that was structured the museum was structured in the past to be open a couple days a year a couple weekends a year and for different events but over the years, we became open more, la- or not last year, but the year before, we were open seven days a week. Mm. The buildings weren't open, just 
the church, the store, uh, the Pioneer Building, the Kenora Building, and a couple of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So it, it's there's been there's always been interest because some members say, well, these people should be open more than just for the fair and for the spelling and show, but it just what we've been doing for the years, so it's hard to change. Did the association come out of the fair in a way? It seems like the relationship the, is really, really locked in together. The fair joined, in the long run, the, the fair used to be in downtown Chilliwack, and we used to have this whole area. Okay. Uh, the Pioneer Building actually used to be out there. They actually picked it up and moved it over to here. Um, so when we when we first started, I think the first steam show that they had, the first thrash and bee that they had, they had five thousand people come to the site. They had some like fifteen to twenty steam engines running and doing different things. They had sawmills running. They they had a lot of stuff going. The whole idea was was eventually the fairgrounds would be moved out to here. Mm-hmm. So. That, the nice thing about what we are and how we, we work is if somebody had a heritage farm, we can come in and we can set up all the heritage equipment that they need so that they can do all the harvesting. So if you want to do horse drawing equipment, cutting the grain, that kind of stuff, we have the equipment and it's restored and ready to work. So it would be nice to have a field here and do it here, but it just wasn't... What's the significance of thresher bees? This, uh, this uh, is it, it seems like a community event in a way that has people come it's, together. What, what, what does it involve? It shows basically how every uh, how the equipment works, all the belts and everything, and we explain how what the significance of it of the grain and stuff. What we're thinking of eventually doing is doing do our thrashing machine and then the crusher that crushes it makes the flour and then cook it make it into bread and it'd be kind of neat to do it you could do it all in one row pretty much taking it right from the field to the to the oven and it would be a it would be a nice thing to do I, I I'm hoping one day we can get that together what are some materials recently that you've brought into the into the collection that you're excited about we acquired a boiler that from the, I think, uh, one of the hospitals, and it's a fully certified steam boiler that can actually operate the Kenora engine, and it could actually run, we can run steam lines, because there's different shows in the U.S. that they have, like you have what they call whips, so you you can take the hose and you can hook up another steam engine to it and you can run different steam engines in different areas. Mm-hmm. And we, so we, it gives us the ability to have another show or expand on the shows that we do have. You're, you're mentioning some of the other, you know, some of the fairs in the States and things. Is there really a, a network of, of societies working on steam engines and their use in you know, agricultural production. There think? are there are heritage farms that yeah. do run that they, they're running. They run some very unique things. We have a baler that's ran by a horse that goes around and around in a circle and it makes the square bale. And it's they're very unique and different things that nobody will ever see again. When you can see it actually working and operating, 
What, what are some uh, items that you have your eye on or are interested in adding to the, uh, the collection for the, for the association? It'd be nice to restore the steam shows, to have our steam engines restored. I can't really say I have eye on, eyes on steam engines or what they call the uh, Prairie Giants. The uh, Prairie Giant is a huge gas engine uh, tractor that's just massive. It takes quite a large truck to haul them. It would be lovely to have something like that here, but not practical for the area that we have. But what I would like to do is restore some of our steam engines and get them going because steam is something that a lot of people aren't seeing around anymore and to get that going get uh, the steam engines that we do have here running and operating would be a an asset it'd just be something that I'd like to see happen and is there a paper archives component to the the Ashlitz Fisherman Association we have a library okay and we have uh, our newsletter and stuff, but our library is actually on our website. You can actually go into our website and you can look through our web or through our library and see what books we have. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I'm working on something and uh, it's unique and weird, I'll go into our library just at home and I'll go down and go, okay, there's that manual I need. Then I can come in and sign it out. Anytime that the library gets rid of all their old automotive manuals, okay. they donate them to us, and we just take the best of the best of the best, right. and we just add it to our collection. Right. And so we have quite a large collection. You mentioned uh, the moving of one of the one of the buildings on the property. Um, how how do you go about building exhibitions on on the site? Um, you know some of the historical buildings. Uh, Walk us through that process. The buildings were built to look old. There is actually one building here that is a heritage building. It was a, um, a it's a log cabin that used to be on a farm for the pickers, and it was moved onto our site. And then we re we didn't re we didn't change the structure of it, but it became the blacksmith shop and. So it's still a heritage building. So anything that we try and do to it, we will, like we had to do the roof on it and it was a shake roof. But when I looked at when it originally came here, there wasn't even a roof on it. So we put the shake roof on it because it was just all falling in. There was barely anything left to it. Are most of the materials on this property, are they from the Chilliwack area? It, a lot of it comes from our area. It's, we don't, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we do, when the I think the marine, uh, I think when the marine museum downsized, we removed a majority of their engines and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of marine engines here, um, which is a different thing to have. But we're also you could say we're also industrial museum. We, so we have all sorts of different engines that run on all different configurations. Mm. They'll have dual carburetors, two sets of ignition so that they can never shut down because uh, in an emergency you cannot have your gas engine shut down. So they'll have two carburetors, two ignition systems. So if one ignition system fails, the other one will run. So, it would, so there's some unique um, 
industrial items that are on a, on site that people will never see again. As a as a as a mechanic, were you always interested in the in the history of machines, or through being connected with the association, did you start thinking about the the development of machines? What, what, how has that relationship changed with your time here? I think I always look at something as in. How can I fix it? How can, how does that work? You know, always curious, and the curiosity always gets the best of me, and I have to dig in there and figure out how it works. And in some ways, I diagnose brand new vehicles, and I have an easier time diagnosing them than I do with an old piece of equipment with a magneto. But sometimes the fix is right in front of your eyes, and you're just not quite seeing it. And it's something simple, but you just didn't. You just missed it. I fought with my own tractor. I have a 1919 International Titan and I couldn't get it dialed in. I couldn't get the timing right. What it turned out was somebody added an item to the impulse coupler and it was making it too strong of an impulse on startup so then it would run rough when it's running or start easy. So it either start easy, run rough or you start hard and run good mm -hmm. so it was it was a nasty fight for a very long time and I think I finally figured it out so. mm -hmm. and one day I'll have it all done what are, what are some uh, some items in on the on the site here that that really resonate with you that have stories that you're, you're really drawn to I like the uh, the horse-drawn hearse that we have uh, it's a very big head turner and there's just so many items on the site that uh, I mean, I, that's that's just one item that has a significant heritage of Vancouver hmm. there's very unique wash machines we have a collection of wash machines that spar none and there, there's it's a very large collection, so I how many how many items do you think there are on the on the premises? Five or six thousand. Yeah, uh, that's just a rough guess. What are some stories that you want to tell or or enhance um, from the collection from the materials here? Actually, you know, I'd like to say a person story. When I was, I used to come here and I think, okay, I'm going to be the first one here. I would come here and there would be a lady in the museum, I think her name was Barb, and she'd be reading the newspaper, she'd be there, I'd be just, you know, I thought I'd be the first person here, and you know, it's not even open, and she's there reading her newspaper, and that, the members and the volunteers that we have is, is one of the biggest things that I find about the museum. They can, they'll take on a project and they'll just, they'll go at it. They did roofing on some of the buildings. Some of these guys are in their 80s and they're, they're out here going at it. There's a guy right now out in the workshop and he's in his 80s and he's fixing some tractor out there, I'm sure. And volunteers is what I think is one of the biggest things that I, I find here. Like it's, it's very... They do a phenomenal job. How many volunteers are involved with this association 
today presently? We, we have about, uh, I think we're at about 100 members. Yeah. Volunteers that are always around here, there's about 30 of them. Mm-hmm. And I think probably about 15 or 20 of them are in their 80s. Yeah. They, have their, they even have a garden. Uh, well, and are they? They're mostly people who live in the in and around the area. Yeah, or people. They they live they live in gated communities, mm-hmm. so they don't really have that much to do at home. So they just like to come here, and they can pick up a wrench or pick up a paintbrush. Because we have three workshops. We have a woodworking shop. We have two mechanic shop. We have a one is a maintenance building that we fix our forklifts and work on some of the other equipment and. The other one's restoration garage. The uh, you're talking about when when you were younger coming to the uh, coming to the association or coming to visit this site. Um, was it something that did you feel that the association then was open to younger members participating? Were you were you a volunteer at that time, or did you come did you come back around later on? Uh, you know, I kind of wore them thin. <laughs> I showed up to all the meetings because I I work full time. It's it's not something I can just I can come here every weekend or anything like that. Like, what are some uh, hopes and aspirations for the uh, for the association and 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 the village moving forward? I'd like to have more younger members joining, more 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 members, more volunteers, because it. If you don't have volunteers, your survival is, it's hard to survive. Um, one of our incomes here is Grandma's Grill, which is our kitchen. And it, um, with the fair is where we make our money and, and with the small engine show and any other events that we can have it open. Right, what are some uh, strategies that you're, you're thinking about in terms of outreach to, to gather volunteers? And- Word of mouth is always good. I always like the newspaper. The newspaper brings a, a lot in. It's Social media is something I'd like to tap into, but it's hard to tap into. A lot of people just kind of float through it. They like it, they, and then they share it, but that's all that happens. They don't end up coming to the site. And it's one thing to look at it on the website. It's another thing to come here and actually see it in person. Do you get the feeling that the the village is intergenerational in terms of you visiting it and, and, and other people from, from the area? Is it something that you find a lot of return visitors to? Yes, a lot. A lot of people. And they bring their parents, their uncles, their aunts. and they, A lot of people come back. And once they come here once, they got to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so big, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, yeah, it, almost, you can... Have you had members that have shown you how to fix things or approach things in a different way? It seems like there's a lot of people that have hands-on experience who are who are members of the association. Yeah, I, there's a lot of lot of educational things that because yeah, a lot of the elderly there's we have a lot of carpenters, we have a few machinists and a couple of mechanics here and there, but. They always got something that's quite a good, uh, an interesting item to to learn, and that's the whole thing you got to learn from from these people. And you almost don't talk about items here at, at the at the village. It's more rooms. It's more the 
you know, a building with, a, with many materials in it. What, what are, what's one of the buildings that you really, really enjoy to visit, uh, that, that you find yourself looking at differently every time you get there? The Pioneer Building, you know, there's always something different that you'll notice. Yeah. You're not going to cover everything. It's phenomenal amount of stuff that we have in there and what we've taken as donations because we take a lot of items that maybe we shouldn't take uh, but it has a significant value to the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have wooden shoe making uh, equipment. It's, uh, it's in one of the other buildings but it's so is the Ferris is a separate a separate entity yeah. to the to the village? Yeah. But they work quite closely together during during events. Yeah. Is the fair it, just we, once a year? Or do you have several? Once or? a year. It's just that uh, it was to go with our thrashing bee, and because it the fair and the thrashing bee should be together, small engines, big engines. <clears throat> so it's. Yeah, we we work together with them as, as much as we can, and it's 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 a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Ray, thank you very much for taking yeah, well, the time to speak with me, and uh, and wish you all the best with uh, with the future of the uh, mm -hmm. of the association. Okay, thank you.